Got an idea for an opener? No, I've got topics. You gotta come up with the opener. Well, that's not fair. Actually, it is fair. I just don't like it. Um. So there was this box, and a guy opened it, and the Game of podcast came out. Game Nuts Podcast, episode 39 for the week of May 9th, 2010. Fear the Claw leads conversation with talk of risque marketing for Record of Agorist War, as well as talking about Bejeweled 2. Butter chimes in quick with an Activision update, then introduces a conversation topic. What game older than 10 years old do you still play and want to tell people about? Listen for our responses and let us know about your own. So take a seat, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Game Nuts Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to the Game Nuts Podcast. This is Boater. And through the claw, jingling his keys in his lap. Yep, that works. Uh, we're trying out a new microphone today. Uh, looks like it'll have a fair amount of noise for us to uh, take out. Of course, there's also a fan running, so... We have fans at the Game Nuts Podcast. No, not anymore. We, we are technologically advanced here. Yep. I can program a VCR. And I can burn a CD. But you can't turn a fan off. I, I just did. I'm sure you can turn a woman off. Oh! Only if she's a fan of the Game Nuts podcast. Okay. Where were we? <laughs> you have topics. I don't. Alright. Well, uh, how about a game being treated like porn? Woo! Uh, see, I have to make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. A uh, game that probably no one has heard of called Record of Argus Record of Argus War. You had trouble with the word war and not Argus. <laughs> well, uh, by Argus. Actually, there's no R after the first day, but okay. Yeah, okay. Agarest. Record okay. of Agarest War. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. Why are you staring over my shoulder? Because okay. Yeah, yes. Anywho, um. Record of Agorist War is too hot for GameStop. I had to use that line because it just sounded cool. Okay. Uh, now, here's the first interesting thing. It's T-rated. Okay. And GameStop employees have been instructed to store it behind the counter. As if it were highly inappropriate. Okay. Do you know why? No. Well, this is the limited, very naughty edition. Which... The game itself is apparently still mostly the same, but uh, the cover features, now this is all in anime style of course, features two young nude women uh, wrapped in towels, nothing's really showing, but they're obviously not wearing anything under the towels, uh, images along the back and sides of uh, young women with very phallic looking in their mouths, and the uh, stuff on the that comes in the package that's shown on the back uh, includes a mouse pad that is a a upper waist up uh, image of a, another young woman with a very conveniently placed wrist cushion. Okay. So apparently GameStop decided this was not something they wanted out on the shelf and pulled it. What game is this? I'm interested. Um, <laughs> Record of Agorist War. Which, hey, you got it. Which 
I, I've never heard of it. Have you heard of it? No. But you I know haven't. what? This 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 is going to sell now because yeah. it's making news. Yep. No publicity is bad publicity. It's Activision stuff. And I, I read a little bit on the game. Apparently, it, it there is some like Sims-like sexual content in it, where you know you have to choose a female to mate with and spawn the next generation of heroes. So it's or it's a T-rated dating sim, right? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure it's a dating sim. I couldn't really find enough okay. information on it. Maybe and that, didn't care that enough. could be like one one part of the game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's part of every Japanese game. Well, Mario. Well, I mean, I'm he does sure have that triangle made, going but... with uh, Daisy and Peach. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. What else? You got nothing. I got nothing. Absolutely um, nothing. Make something let's up. See, um, Activision. Make uh, up news and we'll confirm it. Uh, I'm not uh, making this up. Actually. Uh, Bobby Kotick finally uh, released a, a statement saying that he's, again, that he personally was disappointed in the uh, conduct of uh, Zappella and West uh, with for splitting, well, for whatever, got them kicked out of Activision. The thing is, is that he still hasn't said exactly what they did, just the vague thing of insubordination. Well, the thing is... He said, it. I thought we had, basically it's like, I thought we were friends, bro, what be this? Well, I mean, there in certain states there are laws stating that you cannot publicly announce why somebody was fired or why somebody left. So, I mean, and I'm pretty sure Activision is in California, which is one of those states. So, I mean, the, there's a, I mean, it's the same thing that happened with a Gersman Gate a couple of years ago, um, where. You know, there, he was fired under mysterious circumstances, and everybody's like, well, come right out and say it. Well, they couldn't come right out and say it. They're bound by law to not say why he was fired. Okay, so basically that's a personal word from uh, yeah. Bobby. Uh, I, of course, Bobby Kotek, you got to take everything he says with a grain of salt because, you know, he... I like, I like how, how he threw the word friendship out there as if he was personally hurt by it. It's like, if you thought you were friends with them, they probably didn't think that they were friends with you. <laughs> yeah... I don't know, he seems very out of touch, especially when it comes to video games, but I guess, you know, yeah. he runs a multi-billion dollar video game company, so he, he must be doing he something, right? He doesn't come right? off as a gamer to me. No, he inherited a multi-billion dollar. <laughs> I, I think he's come right out and publicly said that he has, like, no interest in video games or video gamers, so... Yeah, so he's in it for the business of making games and not for and uh, the art... And to his credit, from a business standpoint, he does a good job. Yeah. I mean, his but games just, sell like gangbusters every time, you know, he slaps a label on them. He just, you know, people with good tastes. It makes me actually very disappointed. The game Blur coming out is actually an Activision one. I really want to get it, but I, I sort of have that thing against Activision. Well, there's also Split Second, which is oh, a racing game I'll get Blur used so that Activision doesn't get any we get pretty much all of our games used. We work in a used game store. Actually, I would have gotten it new. Yeah. It's a game that I would have gotten new, so. Anyway. Eh. You can't justify getting a racing game new, because, you know, there's not a whole lot of meat there. Um, it's a combat racer, and those are fun. Actually, there are a couple things I was considering talking about for my segment later on. We'll get to that. Okay. Anyway. Was, well, just a okay. quick aside. Uh, speaking of racing games, uh... 
Somebody came in the other day and bought Gran Turismo 5 Prologue. How long has that been out? Um, I think since PS2 launch. Shortly, the, it, shortly, it, after. shortly after, maybe within the year okay. a, after the PS2 launched. Um, so I looked up Gran Turismo 5 on Amazon, and it's really state no firm release date. Uh, November 10th. Oh, okay. Pretty, pretty, now, uh, well, yeah, this mean, could that, always that change. It could always get pushed on Amazon's part. So. No, they, Amazon's pretty good about not putting release dates up until they're confirmed. But, you know, they can always get pushed back. Originally, we, it was supposed to come out right with Forza 3, and now it's like a year later. Yeah, it's, uh... Way to go, Sony. Okay, it, I'm just it, killing it time. Me, it reminds me of the whole Duke Nukem Forever thing. It's like, oh, well, we can make it better. Why don't we just get it out as it is, so it gets out. But we can make it better. It'll never get out of this race. Yeah, at this point, by the time Gran Turismo 5 comes out, is anybody going to care? Well, the fanboys will care, but... Anywho. So, uh... Somebody beat Bejeweled 2? Okay. No confusion as to how you beat a puzzle game? Um, apparently they broke it by going too far. More or less, yeah, he reached a kill screen, for lack of a better term. Uh, let's see. The man's name was Mike Lady. L-E-Y-D-E, so I'm not entirely sure how you'd pronounce that. Okay. Lady. <laughs> lady. Like lady. Um, that was amusing to me. Um, anywho. Uh, played Bejeweled 2 for 2,205 hours and 51 minutes over the course of three years. So, I, wow. yeah, I'm guessing he like has some sort of free state or pause or whatever. Yeah. Um. He collected 4,882,229 gems, earning the game's highest calculatable score. Calculable? Cal wouldn't it be calculatable? No, I think it's calculable. Okay. Well, I got this from Joystick, so they must be right. Uh, the game's highest calculable score... It's on the internet. Look it up. It's right. 2,147,483,647. At which point the score display got really perplexed and went blank, according to Joystick. <laughs> so yeah, basically he reached a he kill broke screen, it. He broke it. <laughs> which is awesome. I, I think it's awesome that games still have kill screens. That you know, there's still certain numbers that it goes. Wait, what is this? Yeah, it's it's basically you can only program a game to go so high, and even if you're like, oh, well, it keeps going until this, you're gonna hit some sort of digit uh, rollover. I remember two occasions. Uh, with two different games. One of them was uh, a game called Rockin' Ball on the NES, which is a pinball game. And I was playing one night, and the ball got stuck on a bumper for like a good minute or so. And of course, the score oh. is just counting up and 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 up. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my god, can I get this in free? And I'm doing like, you know, the shake feature and all that. Oh, just let the score keep going, come on. <laughs> well, break it, break I, it, break it! I, I didn't break it, but I did get a massively high score, which I took a picture of. I just have no idea where the picture went. Oh. I, I should have, I wanted to send it into Nintendo for, uh, you know, their, uh, yeah, when yeah. they supposed to like high scores and their Nintendo power. Um, the other one was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2X, I believe. Mm -hmm. I accidentally launched myself out of the level and did one of those plummet to infinities. And the whole time I'm doing tricks and I had a score counter of like 6 billion times like 73 because <laughs> I just kept on 
clinging together yeah. stunts. But, of course, there was no ground under me, so... So there's no way to actually get the score. And if you land it, you probably land so hard that you'd lose the combo. Most likely. I don't know. I don't know if they had a, a how hard you land. It was just whether you landed on your square on your feet or not. Uh, you probably wouldn't land on your feet because you couldn't see the ground to line it up. So anyway, right. you had a, I have a discussion I topic. I have a discussion topic I want to do since we're a little light on news. Um, there's a fair amount of games that I enjoy playing. There from, are a fair amount. Of games. Okay. Um, from like 1990s, um, and I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of games that are good, but nobody ever there thinks about them. Stop it. I will be wrong if I want to. Um, and now you don't have to point it out because now the listeners will be thinking about it. <laughs> I know. Um, there are a lot of games that, even if they weren't that big when they came out, so it's sort of, we're going to take five minutes and talk about a game that maybe didn't get as much publicity when it came out, but still one that we go back and play a fair amount. So, uh, I'm going to start off while Law is still thinking about whatever he's going to do. Yeah. Um, I wish and, I had, uh, I wish I had Gamepedia on my, uh, iPod, because I could go through my list of games that I own. Um, and in the 1990s, I was a, a PC gamer, so most of the ones I was thinking about were, would be then, uh, starting my five minutes now, so I'm, like, rambling as I could with that. Um, and there's a combat racing game called Roll Cage that I'm hoping Blur will be like, uh, a radio control one called, uh, Revolt. Uh, there's... Yeah, that came out in the N64 as well, so... Um, and, uh, a, a few others, but the one that I wanted to talk about was called Descent Free Space. Um, it is... Descent is in, like, the PC flying shooter mm -hmm. Descent? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, that... De yep. Uh, Descent 1, 2, and later 3 were, uh, games where you sort of, like, hover around, go around mines... Really good 3D games. Um, Descent 2 is my favorite of that, and that came out in 95. But uh, Descent Free Space actually was going to be called Free Space, but there was a problem with the name in Europe, uh, so they put Descent in front of it just so that they wouldn't get in legal trouble. It's actually not related to the Descent franchise at all, except that it was also done by Interplay. So, um... It's it's a good 3D. It's 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 a space flight sim along the lines of like X-wing or Tie Fighter, um, but since it was made a bit later, it's more likely to play on Windows systems. You don't have to trick it in any way. Uh, and they did a really good job, like with the storyline too. It's it's really a shame they did Free Space One, Two. They were gonna do Free Space Three, but of course Interplay went under, and now who knows where it was gonna go. Um, the general plot of Free Space One was that obviously you are a human pilot, um, humans are fighting an alien race called the Pasudans, uh, and you're fighting each other in space, and it's fun, it's like, yeah, you're flying around, and then all of a sudden, this third race comes out of nowhere and completely wipes the floor with you, uh, and you're like, what's going on? They're called the Shivans, they aren't able to show up on your sensors for the first couple missions, they have shields, they have better weapons, so basically you're a sitting duck out there. If it was made today, there would be an achievement for killing a Shivan flyer in that first mission where you fight it because you have a pea shooter that does nothing against shields, and you have to follow it with it not showing up on your sensors at all and not being able to get a target locked on it and shoot it. So it's, it's interesting to be like, okay, there would be an achievement for that if it was made today. Um, and it ends up with, you know, the two alien species that we're fighting end up uniting, obviously, and fighting against the bigger threat. There's this huge destroyer juggernaut that comes in and basically destroys anything it sees 
and it's, it becomes the mission of the whole game to take that out. The game was really well done. Even now, uh, it comes out really well. Uh, if you played it now, you would be like, well, the textures are sort of low-res. The explosions are still really pretty. Uh, that was one big thing that it got. Like, people were like, oh my god, the explosions are awesome. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like when I was talking about um, uh, Grid, and I'm like, it's a good racing game, but it's a really good crash simulator. Uh, Free Space has a really good... Uh, it, weapon systems, and a lot of customizability in the cockpit, uh, you can pretty much, I'm gonna hit you, I hit you, I'll get your reflexes, BAM, in the knee. So, the game is a lot of fun, uh, I believe it's Abandonware now, I know that Free Space 2 is, and there's, uh, uh, an effort underway to keep Free Space 2 updated to the latest graphics, uh, sort of like an ongoing open source thing, I think that Free Space 1 is as well, um, and they're, they're both just really good games. Uh, if you ever get the chance uh, to look for it, I'm sure you can find it online for like five or ten bucks. Um, you know, cheap on eBay or something. Or I'm sure that if it is officially abandoned, well, you can probably find it to download online. Um, it's just, you know, I, I can't think of what else to say about it. It's it's the best space place in my play. has good joystick support. Uh, I want to get, uh, I swear to God. You gotta stop that. <laughs> uh, and I actually have been thinking about getting an updated joystick with a separate throttle control uh, instead of just using the little one that's on my 10-year-old uh, USB flight stick. So That's my topic. I feel a little short of five minutes, but yeah, Descent Free Space, or Free Space The Great War, um, it has a uh, sequel, no, I mean it has an expansion pack called Silent Threat that was okay, and the sequel, Free Space 2, is really good as well. It ends on a cliffhanger, and you gotta be like, oh, they're not gonna finish it! <laughs> so if you ever want to get frustrated at a franchise that is absolutely not gonna get finished, that's the one. Uh, let's see. back too far, I can see that, uh, I'm going to snap again. Um, yeah, I... What? I got, I got, I got nothing. Um, I mean, I have a couple of things bouncing around, but, I mean, something that you still play today was one of the conditions? Or? Um, something that, I mean, like, I haven't played Free Space in a couple of years, but it, it's something that I, w I would still go back and play. Uh, if I get a, another joystick, I'll definitely be playing it again. So, I mean, it's a game maybe for 2000 that you want to talk about, even if you don't play it anymore. Alright. A game made before 2000 that probably a lot of people have not heard of. Well, one keeps on leaping into mind, and it's one that I haven't played in a long time, but I keep on meaning to go back to it. It was for the Nintendo 64, and it was called Shadow Man. Okay. And it was loosely based on a comic book, but apparently very loosely based. Okay. Um, one of those where they got, like, the name and the characters. Yeah. And, uh, they made a sequel for the PlayStation 2, which kind of drifted into obscurity. And actually, Shadow Man came out for all... Three systems at the time, which would be PlayStation N64 and Dreamcast, but I'm pretty sure the N64 version was the best, because it was originally built for that anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's really hard to describe. It's an action-adventure game in the, in the style of, like, a 3D Mario or Zelda. Okay. Um, but completely different. You play the role of a character who 
has the ability to walk between the lands of the living and the lands of the dead. And I don't remember the exact plot of it, because it's been so long since I've played it, but you're trying to... Oh, I remember. Uh, Jack the Ripper has joined forces with several other insane serial killers and everything, and are intending to basically bring about the end of the world. And you have to collect souls in the world of the dead and try and stop them. And uh, it has a lock-on targeting system similar to Legend of Zelda, and you're doing a lot of exploration and puzzle solving. Uh, for each uh, soul you collect, it adds to a meter, which the more you have, the it's kind of like your progression. It's mostly uh, free-roaming, open world, but there are certain areas you can't get to until you've collected a certain number of souls. Kind of like, again, similar to Mario 64. And it just had this really creepy vibe because all of your enemies are these just undead creatures and demons and things. And the game is very dark. And it was one of the first Nintendo games, or first video games in general, that I ever remember hearing real swearing in. Uh, of course, it was M-rated, and, uh... So, so it's a game that, while the gameplay, uh, types are easily identifiable with more popular games, it's the atmosphere that sets it apart? It's, yeah, it's definitely the atmosphere. I mean, play it at night with the lights off, and you will be thoroughly creeped out. Like, there are, like, bridges and, and walls that are clearly made out of, like, stretched skin. And... You know, everything, you know, things made out of bones and body parts everywhere. Um, you go through an area called the Asylum, which has all sorts of devices of torture and just insane dead people swinging around sharp items. And th th there are dead people living there. <laughs> yes, well, it is the land of the dead, yes. But um, it was a very interesting game. I wouldn't say... It was a great game. I mean, it had its faults, and I know one of my friends in particular absolutely hated the game, but... But it's I'm, one that yeah. if people have an N64 and they see that cartridge, they should definitely give it a try. Yeah, give, give it a try if, you know, if, you're, if you're of age, of course. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it's, really, it's really worth giving a try because it's just unique. It's a very familiar gameplay experience thrown into a very unfamiliar world, and I've been meaning to go back and beat it for years now and just never committed to it. I think I might have to game shark it just to get to the end. Nice. So, yeah, uh, Shadowman for the N64, and uh, Descent for the Dreamcast or PlayStation, yeah. but N64 is the best version from the reviews I've read. Or uh, Descent Free Space the Great War for PC, and I think it also came out for Mac. Uh, if you get your hands on those, give them a shot. Um, if you do give them a shot, uh, go ahead and leave comments up here. Uh, or you can also leave a comment uh, about, you know, a game that you played uh, before 2000. And if there's one that we're like, oh my god, that's awesome, we might talk about it next week. I wonder how many of our listeners actually, you know, remember playing games before 2000. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and post about an older game, and uh, we will see you next week. Go ahead and leave comments on GameNutsPodcast.blogspot.com, or if you're comment shy, you can drop us a line at GameNutsPodcast at gmail.com. 
So until next week, uh, this is Boater signing out. And for the closing, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.